This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. I'm a food addict from Washington, D.C., and um, I'm grateful to be here to share, share my story, what it was like for me, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I'm coming from being about 105 pounds heavier than I am today. I was 224 pounds. I, um, I got here when I was 40 years old. I'm 49 right now. I um, tried like the Dickens to lose weight. I, um, I did just about everything uh, to lose weight from as far back as I can remember. Little girl, I was a chubby little girl doing wind sprints, running with my dad, who was a track runner in college, and he used to take me out to do wind sprints. Um, and he would, uh, you know, take me to the track, and I would, you know, do circles around the track. And he would, he would tell me, because I was like, you know, a little chubby girl, he would allow me to walk the straightaways, walk the straightaways and run the curves, you know. Whatever I needed, my family supported me, like I said, from as far back as I could remember. When I got a little older, they started, you know, financing, you know, my efforts to lose weight and to, um, to maintain an active lifestyle for the purpose of controlling my weight. And I couldn't control that weight um, um, no matter how hard, you know, I tried. I, um, let me just say that this is not a religious program. It is spiritual. You'll hear me talk a lot about God and higher power. And I, um, I can't qualify without, without, you know, talking about that personal relationship that I've developed here in this program, in the program of, of Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous. I, um, I would lose weight, lose 100 pounds, lose 70 pounds, lose 50 pounds, gain it all back. I did that over and over and over again, and it was just absolutely demoralizing for me. I am 49 years old, almost 50, and I'm still learning how to make eye contact with people because I lived in so much shame. If I saw you, you know, I didn't know if the last time I saw you, or actually I did know, I felt like I did, if I was fat, was I 100 pounds heavier? Was I 50 pounds heavier? Was I thin? I didn't know because my weight fluctuated so much, so I just lived in shame. And it was hard for me to make eye contact because I felt like if I made eye contact with you, I could see in your eyes, you know, disappointment or whatever. I read a lot into things. I didn't talk about um, what was going on inside of me, but I read people, and I, you know, and that was fact for me. The look on your face was fact to me. My family, God bless them, they did not look at me from the neck down when my weight was up. They knew better. They did not look down. It was just eye contact. They did not look below my lips. You know, um, and I, too, you know, uh, didn't do a, a lot of that. Very disconnected from, you know, from my body in that sense. Um, I hated myself. I was very, very angry. I blamed my mother for everything. I had that alcoholic rage, if you've ever heard that term. Um, I was angry 
angry. I was angry at the universe. I was angry at God. I was angry at my parents, you know, for being born. I used to say, you know, when you say good morning, people would say to me, because I, I looked so serious, I was so unhappy. People would say, smile, it ain't that bad, or smile, you woke up this morning. Well, you, you know, to tell a depressed person that, a suicidally depressed person that, I wouldn't say it out loud, but what I would think to myself was, I didn't ask to be here. And I meant that. I did not ask to be here. And it was, I was, it was a horrible experience. I, actually, I absolutely just hated existing. Um, thank you, God. I do not live like that today. I have hope today. I mean, I can't say that without balancing. I'll get to it later. But that's how I lived. And my mom got the brunt of it. Let me be clear about that. Um, she got the brunt of it. I just thought, you know, everything was her fault. So I died at but the disease is progressive. I think I'd eventually hit that too. But all the commercial diets I did, in between those commercial diets, I did, you know, off-the-shelf diets like South Beach and Atkins, things like that. And I did those, you know, tweaked it. And I carried non-perishable items in my purse and just ate that stuff all day long. And that was in between diets. And that's, you know, I guess how I, you know, mentally dealt with, you know, this disease, because I, I always had to be doing something. Even when I was on not on a diet, gaining that 100 pounds that I had just lost, I was thinking about the next diet I was going to get on, right? So I was, you know, dieting and in the throes of that without a recovery program, without anything to, you know, help me deal with putting that drug down. It was a drug for me. I used that to deal with life. I didn't have that language at the time. You know, I didn't know putting my drug down. I needed something else to replace that. I didn't know that at the time. I would just, you know, that, that you know, the doctors say this works. I tried it. The magazine said this worked. I tried it. My neighbor did the diet. She lost weight. I tried it. Um, I just did, did, did things over and over and over again, and it was demoralizing. I don't know what's worse, just being, for me, was it being heavy? are just being heavy and continuing to lose the weight and then gaining it back, losing the weight and gaining it back. And um, and it eventually got to a point where, uh, you know, I started using heavier drugs, you know, alcohol. I actually, you know, I never smoked pot because pot gave you the munchies. Everything I did was informed, motivated, and driven by my desire to control my weight, which I could not and cannot control my weight for the life of me. Just couldn't do it. And... uh you know, so in this program, you know, I, you know, I understand now, you know, that I've had a spiritual, uh, you know, awakening of sorts. But I understand now that without a connection, without a relationship, without a higher power of my understanding, that that I, I could not eat. I could not eat between breakfast and lunch. I could not eat between dinner and and and, and breakfast the next morning. Dinner and bedtime. Like, how does that work today? One day at a time, I'm still baffled. I could not do that before. And I can do it now. It's nine years later, and I haven't had flour or sugar or unlimited quantities. I've, gi- I've given away in this program, you know, um, I- I'm maintaining like a normal weight. Like that's a miracle for somebody like me coming in at 40, doing that, like losing weight and gaining over and over and over again. And the difference, you know, is this, you know, I have, I have the 12 steps, you know. What I heard 
at my first meeting, I heard two things. I was in the back of the room crying. And like I said, I was a yo-yo diet. I did programs, all kinds of programs, all my life. So this was just another program that I was in the back of the room starting yet again. And um, I was in tears. And someone told me that I'd never have to feel that way again. And then the other thing I heard was the same person will eat. And I got it. I got it that I needed to change on the inside. I didn't need to run another lap, lift another weight. I didn't need to count another fat gram, carb gram, calorie. I didn't need to do any of that. What's your sodium intake? Are you eating LIT or is it light? Is it fat-free and sodium-free? And I didn't have to do any of that, right? But I did need to change on the inside. And I got it because Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, L.A. Weight Loss Center, the bariatric surgeon. I had a lap band before I got here. I got it removed after a year of abstinence. But I, you know, I went to a surgeon and I had my stomach altered, you know, I, because to control the intake of food, right, to control how much I ate. And guess what? That didn't work either because I found out a way to beat the band. I knew the foods to eat that would make it slip. I would go to orientation every week with other food addicts that told me what I could eat to make it slip. And when it wouldn't slip and I needed my drug, like a drug addict goes from one vein to another, I just threw up so I could get more. So, so the disease was progressive for me. So now I'm overweight with a lap band, exercising like crazy, right? And now I'm bulimic taught myself how to throw up. At first, I used to bust blood vessels because, you're, you know, it was hard if you've ever done it. I'm not trying to give you lessons. Um, but, you know, I used to break blood vessels in my eyes. And by the end there, I mean, I could do it. I, I worked for uh, in a cube setting. I could do it at my cube without making any noise, without, you know, just taught myself, you know, how to throw up. Um, that's a... Um, you know, a, a part of my story that I don't talk about, but the disease is progressive. And um, that is definitely, you know, my story. And um, none of that stuff helped me, you know, to keep the weight off. And I was known in my family and in my community for losing weight and exercising. She could take that weight off, you know, she can take that weight off. It would, um, you know, I would, I would get accolades about that. And I would get... Another thing that would happen to me when I was in disease, I would get lots of attention when the weight was off. And I tell you, I resented that attention because the things that I did to lose weight, I couldn't keep it off. But the things that I did were so extreme, I knew in my heart of hearts that I couldn't keep it up. And it wasn't me, right? Liquid diets to lose, you know, 100 pounds in 12 weeks, however long it took. You know, I knew that I couldn't keep that weight off. But to get attention from other people, well, they were just responding to me because that's all I talked about. My whole life was consumed with it. That's what I talked about with my family members. So when they would say, how you doing, baby, my daddy would call. How you doing? How's your diet? How's your exercise? You know, sometimes I, daddy, why do you just ask me that? You know, I would get angry at him. But that's all I talked about. And so he would ask about it, you know, just to see gauge my temperatures, your weight up, if I was in college, your weight up or your weight down, are you exercising, you know, what are you doing today? And, um, 
You know, I couldn't keep that stuff up. I could, I, and I knew that I couldn't intuitively. But the insanity of the disease, I still kept trying. I still kept doing the same thing, taking the weight off and getting resentful when I got the attention, but wanting the attention, but knowing deep down in my heart. So it broke my heart. And what it made me feel like was even more of a loser, if you will. I used to call myself, by the way, I had a lap band. That was the bariatric surgery that I had. So I used to call myself a lap band loser because it didn't work for me, right? So this is, as far as I'm concerned, until I met F.A., the last house on the block. I had bariatric surgery. I proved to the doctors, they said, if you can lose weight, the lap band will help you keep it off. Now, in the fine print would be, should be, unless you're a food addict, right? But, 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 they, didn't, but they didn't tell me that or they didn't have that information at the time. So, so for me, I could lose the weight. I've lost 100 pounds, 70 pounds, it, it, you know, I, I've conservatively over 1,000 pounds. I could lose weight. So I got this lap band, believing in the medical industry, right? I even contacted my financial planner. I had no debt. I had a credit card. You know, the insurance didn't pay for my lap band. I paid for that on a credit card. I contacted my parents. I contacted my financial planner, and I went to my doctor. I'm telling you all this so you can think and see how responsible I thought I was. I was bringing other people in. I was desperate. I was desperate. I would give my life, and I did. You know, they tell you it's a risky surgery. I did. And when people would tell me this is a high-risk surgery, you could lose your life. And I said, I didn't care. I would rather die trying to lose weight than live fat. That's how I felt. I did not care, right? Some people in this room, they shared that they went to the orientation and they knew that, well, if they're not going to fix my mind, I know I'm going to keep eating. Or the orientation scared them. I wasn't scared. I, did, I, had no, I had no gratitude. I didn't value my life. I was an angry, full of self-hatred and um, just in a lot of denial and just unwilling to, you know, face life on life's terms. I, I was just, you know, I was, um, you know, I was sick and I, w- and I didn't have a relationship with a higher power. And I tried. I also went to gurus and, and, um, and landmark form and self-help stuff and, you know, o- Oprah. I mean, everything, everything you can think of. You know, I really tried. You know, I tried to affirm my way into a right-sized body and love myself. I even tried to accept myself, right, and, 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 and just do away with the losing weight. You'll never lose weight, but work on loving yourself just as you are. None of that, none of that worked until, I, like I said, when I heard the same person eats, aha, I knew that I needed to change. And I'm grateful. My sponsor didn't ask me to count how many laps I was doing or how many weights or fat grams. But she did ask me what I was grateful for. What does that have to do with the scale? I come here to lose weight, trying to get this weight off. Turns out it has everything to do with the scale, right? It has everything to do with the scale. So I, 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 um, I learned how to surrender here. I developed a relationship with a higher power of my own understanding, and I got honest here, and um, and my life changed. So, you know, what it was like for me was, um, you know, was uh, I was miserable. 
right? And I didn't want to live in suicidal. And I was uh, drinking at the time, uh, you know, heavily too, that like I drink, drank addictively and uh, alcoholically. And I got to an AA um, meeting. And I was in AA actually for two years before I found FA. I was a blackout drinker, right? And so they say in AA, not all alcoholics are blackout drinkers, but all blackout drinkers are alcoholic because you're powerless when you're in an alcohol-induced blackout. So, okay, that was my first step, skip, and we just go down to two. So I was in that program. By the grace of God, I put the, you know, drinking down. I also, I, I think I mentioned earlier that I never did pot because it gave you the munchies. And I wasn't going to do that because that would be counteractive, counterproductive to my, uh, you know, uh, desire to lose weight. And so I thought um, in my infinite wisdom that I would, oh, right, I'll do cocaine, right? And that'll, that'll help. And the thing about it is I loved cocaine. First of all, I was fat. So now I'm a lap band loser and a fat coke whore is what I used to refer to myself as, right? Lap band loser and a fat coke whore. That's what I called myself before I got here. I wouldn't dare talk about myself that way. I wouldn't talk about you that way. And I wouldn't talk about myself that way. But that's what I thought about myself. But you know what else cocaine did for me? I was also full of uh, just low self-esteem and insecure and never comfortable in my own skin. It's chemical uh, self-esteem is what I used to call it, right? So, um, you know, I was comfortable in my own skin and, and uh, you know, I felt good. And... Um, and so I used cocaine, and I, and I really enjoyed it. But the sick part about it is, is that I started, that, that, is, that is what I turned to. You know what I mean? Like all the, the, the going to church and the ministers and the self-help and the, all of the positive secret stuff, all the new thought stuff, the doctors, the nutritionists. I worked out. Like I put a lot of effort towards losing weight. And at the end of the day, I was on street drugs. You know, I was a, I was an alcoholic, drug addict, you know, overweight, miserable, full of self-hatred um, person wanting to die. And, and, you know, and didn't have a plan and, you know, was, I guess, scared to carry anything out. But I was on my way there, no doubt about it. And um, in an AA meeting, a person, and I'd heard about, you know, F.A. from other people. Actually, I had three opportunities probably to turn to, a, a, you know, a program like this, but they didn't look like me. And so, you know, I didn't identify. I did not identify, and I didn't think those programs could help me because I am black, I have hips, and, um, you know, you don't understand where I'm coming from, my culture, and the way that we eat, and the sugar and flour thing. I just can't understand or relate. So I identified out. But one meeting, one meeting, my higher power sent me somebody else that looked just like me. And she was fat last time I saw, and she was thin this time. And I knew, I knew everybody was surrounding her. She was real tall. And I remember being on my tiptoes in the back. And I said, did you do F.A.? And she said, yes. And the next day I went to an F.A. meeting, and that was in June of 2004. Nine, and um, I have not picked up flour, sugar, or unlimited quantities since. So I got hope. I got hope from that woman that looked like me, that was the same color of my skin. And I said, I can do it. You know, I can do it. And I showed up. And, um, and here I am today, nine years later. And I don't have nine years of back-to-back -back abstinence. I have about five and a half years. And I tell you, the food 
Um, I had a few red flags with the food. But but with that, that five years, I was honest in this program with my food. Thank you, God. And I stayed abstinent. Thank you, God. But I wasn't completely honest. I was still living in fear. And I hadn't turned my whole life over to God. And that's, I think, when I did that, when I realized that I needed to get honest in this program because it's a spiritual program let's let, let's be real clear um this program is spiritual and it requires um us i mean, you remember i mentioned have to change on the inside you know it started with me with practicing gratitude you know and then being honest honest about my weight honest about my food and i was honest about my food but that's where it stopped when it came down to my sexual orientation i wasn't willing to be honest, I didn't have to be honest with this room. This is nine years later. But five and a half years ago, if I wanted to stay abstinent, I was clear I needed to be honest with God and another human being. And that happened to be my sponsor. It's the first person I got honest with about that. I was going to, you know, share that. But I wanted to wait because just in case I'm wrong, I don't want to seem fickle, Right. I don't want to, I don't want, you know, what are other people going to think if I say that, you know, maybe I'm gay and what if I'm not? So I wanted to deal with that on my own, go through the steps a few times, right? Let me uh, lose a little weight, attract a few men, then I'll determine. None of that was happening. I wasn't attracting men, women, dog, cat, nothing, right? (laughs) Seemed like the only calls I was getting are the same calls now. Just It was just all about F.A. and all about my recovery. I was just trying to ride it out. And um, it was clear, you know, that I I didn't have to worry about being honest about who I'm going to be or if I'm going to be with a man in 2020, 22, 23. I needed to be honest about what was going on with me on that day. And I did. And my life has completely changed. So when, when the old timers get up here and they talk about happy, joyous, and free, and, 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 and they, they talk about the peace of mind, and that, and that people talk about that, that 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 they've changed, you know. For me, it didn't happen until I got honest that I saw that for the first five years I was just absent. So when when the old timers in the reading talk about contented abstinence, contented sobriety, I didn't know what that was until I got here, until I got to that place where. I was so overburdened and that I needed to turn that over too. And, and, and it was okay. Nothing was wrong. I think I, I think I needed that. I think I needed to see how God worked in my life with the food and the weight. I thought my problem was my weight. The weight wasn't the problem. My sponsor gave me a food plan to put on the little scale. I put the food on the little scale. Weight problem went away. I was still here. Still here, still on the inside, still being dishonest, still broken, still blaming my mama for everything that was going on in my life, right? Still with the low self-esteem, still with the self-pity. It was crazy. The self-pity was crazy. And guess what? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Not eating. Eventually, I was going to pick up. So me and my sponsor deciding that I needed to let go of my sponsees. I needed to sit down needed to start listening again and work on my relationship with my higher power and my relationship with my sponsor and get honest. And, um, and I did. And I got honest with my mother. And after that, 
that was it. My mom is the love of my life today. People in my fellowship, I used to talk for four years, that's all I talked about, right? Four years, that's all I talked about was my mom and everything she did wrong. I could read up and down, right? And today, boy, is it a different day today. I see my mom through different eyes, literally through different eyes, right? Spiritual awakening in that realm. Spiritual awakening when it comes to this weight loss thing. And as far as, you know, me and who I am today and who I love today, that's me and God's business, right? And I want love and validation and acceptance, but I don't need it today. I have what I need today. I have a higher power in my life of my understanding, right? And I have this program that helps me not eat addictively, right? And that's, that's what FA is about. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that, 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 that I'm going to, you know, have the, the red car that I want. Or a relationship. I hope I get those things, you know, a partner for life. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that things won't happen in my family. My family's going through a hard time right now. But I'm not eating over it. And that is what matters. F.A. promises me that if I work these steps, that I don't have to harm myself with food anymore. And if I don't harm myself with food, it's a good day. This is a good day. Me going through and seeing my family's going through some hard times, I'm not eating over that today. My dad died last year, the day after Thanksgiving. I was at an F.A. Thankathon, right? And um, I wasn't with him. But I have no regrets, right? I'm right where my father wanted me to be, right here in this program that saved my life, that restored the relationship that I have with my mother so he can rest in peace, knowing that if his baby stays single all her life, it's going to be me and mama rolling. You know what I mean? Me and mama going to roll. He saw me in the hospital with him doing push-ups in a right-sized body. That's all he wanted for his baby to be happy. He didn't care if I was 224 pounds or 119 like I am today. What he cared about was a smile on my face. And today I smile genuinely. And when I cry, I cry because that's life. F.A. doesn't promise me that I'm not going to have tears or shed tears. What it tells me is that if I stay in this program, and that if I don't eat, right, that I can expect good things, right? I can expect good things, and 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 I, and I don't have to, I don't have to harm others today. You know what I mean? I harmed myself, but I but I, I stole my parents' peace, living in that self pity and depression like I was. Today I speak life to people, right? Um, and that's a miracle. Okay, so just real quick wrap up what it's like for me today i have a relationship with a higher power that i call on that i trust that has saved my life and that i you know i can use that same higher power and pray and put my family in my higher power's hands i'm well respected at my job which is a miracle ever since i've been in fa every year i get outstanding performance evaluations and raise i get a raise or a promotion every year this year i got a raise and a promotion in the same year Miracle, miracle. When my daddy was dying, they said, go home. You can do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. I go home, F.A. fellas, dropping food off at the hospital. Have a good life today. I'm not alone today. I'm not alone. I have a relationship with my mother. used to hate my mother. I treated her like I hated her, right? Disrespectful, out of control, right? And she's the love of my life. She's the love of my life. I learned that here from hearing people talk. Talk about where they're coming from, right? And so uh, I also learned gratitude here, and I focus on gratitude. My exact nature is to focus on negative things and whatnot. 
and I don't do that today. Just that in and of itself is a miracle. And if there are people in here from the Washington, D.C. area, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. They know where I'm coming from. But they don't have to tell me because I do. And as long as I work this program and work the tools of this program, do what we do here, talk to my sponsor, make three or more calls a day, read the reading in the morning and night, as long as I'm doing these tools, even when I forget, I'm reminded. Even when I forget, I'm always going to be pointed back to my higher power. Pointed back to my higher power. So grateful to be in this program. Um, Thank you. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.